Hello, friends. Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Masters. That's right. We finally made it the final major of the calendar year 2020. It will also be the first major of 2021 come April, but we're focused on the November version of Augusta National. And before we jump into all of that, all the course history, all the analytics, all the picks for the week, I want to go over a couple of housekeeping items first. There will be a live chat Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That is for all of the ownership, all of the weather, because that's going to play a factor this week. All the question and answer, just the final thoughts, uh, one last look before lineups lock and those bets have to get in. All the tools that you see in this video will be uh, and are available on rickrungood.com. That's my website where... All of my data, all my visualizations exist. Uh, You can sign up for a membership there, get access to the cheat sheet, to the strokes gain database, to the holy grail, things that you're going to see in this video to help you make better fantasy lineups and place better wagers. Uh, Speaking of which, if you live in New Jersey, Indiana, or Illinois, and you don't have a William Hill account yet, they have a bunch of great offers for this week. Uh, Free bets into the hundreds of dollars. So I would recommend you go to rickrungood.com slash Will Hill to see the current best offer. Okay, uh, winners from last week, from the membership draw. Uh, Spanky D, one, two, three, and Colin McKelvey won subscriptions to rickrungood.com. If you would like to win a six-month subscription, that's right, six-month subscription to rickrungood.com, the biggest I've probably ever done, Uh, But hey, it's the Masters. Let's do it. There are two ways to enter that draw. If you are on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and comment below with who's going to win the Masters. It's that simple. The other version, which you can also do, improve your chances, is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for the podcast version of this show. It is called 300 Yards Unknown. I will link it in the description below. You can do both. If you've already done the review, do another one. Get you back in the draw for a six-month subscription this week. Last week recap. We're almost there. I know. I want to get to I want to get to Augusta just as much as everybody else, but I owe you guys a bit of a recap from last week. Carlos Ortiz uh, hedges out or beats out Dustin Johnson, Hideki Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka holds them all off to capture victory. Uh, my fades from last week, Brooks Kepka, Russell Henley, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson, Ollie Schneiderjans. The last three, Spieth, Mickelson, and Schneiderjans all missed the cut. Russell Henley finished T29, which certainly didn't pay off his, I think he was $9,100. And Brooks Kepka did just fine at T5. Uh, you will hear me, hear me argue probably against him again this week. But uh, Kepka was the one fade that I guess you could say went wrong. Uh, and then sleepers for last week, pretty much a mixed bag here. Nothing, a mixed bag, nothing really special. Uh, James Hahn, who finished T50, Danny McCarthy finished T38, uh, Westwood and Stallings missed the cut, and then John Hahn finished in T48. So three guys made the cut, two guys missed it for the sleepers, pretty far down the board there. So we'll look to improve those this week. I think that's it. Uh, there's going to be, oh, there's going to be a ton of content this week between, um, you know, the Rick Run Good YouTube channel between, uh, you know, me hosting the First Cup podcast on CBS Sports, which uh, is something we've already kicked off Masters coverage with. We, you know, we were able to interview Ricky Fowler a couple of days ago. Um, we've done a, a comparison of Augusta playing in November versus August. There's just so much going to be out this week. Every, I'll just tweet everything. At Rick Run Good, I will make a threaded tweet 
of all the content for this week. I've gone on other shows. Um, it's just it's just going to be bonkers. So I, I hope you enjoy. Let's jump into the Masters. The course that needs no introduction, Augusta National Golf Course. Is this the most famous course in the world? Maybe maybe the old course, right? Maybe the old course is more famous. Maybe. I don't know. Augusta National, uh, obviously because it is the only major that we get played at the same course every single year. The and, and the consistency in which the course plays. Uh, unbelievable course history you get here. Uh, I would argue, and the, and the math kind of bears this out, there is no course where course history is more important. Now, the caveat to that, of course, is a November Masters could play a little bit different. So here are some of the things you need to keep in mind for this week. First of all, it is only top 50 and ties that are going to make the cut. The 10-shot rule, where in previous years, anybody within 10 shots of the lead would also have made the cut. That's gone. She gone. Okay. So now only top 50 in ties, uh, which means it's going to be harder to get through the weekend, although it's still a, a larger percentage of the field than most weeks. And uh, they're doing this because they're going to, you know, they're going to run out of daylight, right? They're, it's played in November. There's, there's less daylight hours. Uh, they've got to make sure that everybody can get in and uh, get this over with. But that's, that's what we're going with for this week. Also, the forecast, and again, we'll check this on Wednesday's live chat. Forecast looks wet. Doesn't look too cold. I think they got a little bit lucky uh, that it wasn't very, you know, unseasonably cold and it wasn't 40 degrees. It's going to be like uh, high 50s, low 60s, it looks like, but wet conditions. Now that, what that creates is, um, I think, a bit of a bomber's paradise. You know, we'll talk about that more in just a second. I've already talked about it a bit on a couple of other pods this week, but there are certain guys that probably benefit from wet conditions more than others. Uh, the stat correlation, which is now back this week, we've been on a stretch of golf where uh, you know the course was only used once or it's never been used on the PGA Tour, and I couldn't run the regression model. Well, now we're back. And now we have like a dozen years worth of data at Augusta National to compare against. And this stuff is as solid as it gets. Uh, the most important stat at Augusta National by the correlation model. So this is me. If you're new, this is me running every stat on the PGA Tour versus uh, the finishing position for the golfer. So basically we're creating profiles of guys that have success at each golf course. Driving distance. The best, most important stat at Augusta National. In fact, only one course on the PGA Tour was driving distance more correlated to success at. Uh, next up was birdie or better percentage, then strokes gain total, strokes gain tee to green, strokes gain around the green. All of them above average in terms of how important they are here compared to other courses. So if you scroll down and you want to look at this and you say, okay, well, if I want distance, who are my distance guys? So I can sort by distance here and I can see it's it's guys that you know, right? Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Cam Champ, Roy McIlroy. Actually, Joaquin Neiman is on this list because uh, these are the 2021 stats. Neiman is out. He tested positive for COVID-19. He's not going to be playing this week. There is a little bit of value next in Matt Wallace at 6,800. That's probably not a name that, that might have jumped to the top of your mind when you were talking about uh, driving distance. Also, because birdie or better percentage is so important, you also want to look at this column right here. So you can see, okay, birdie or better percentage. Now, DJ is a bit of an outlier because, again, we're using 2021 stats. So um, some of these are, are very small samples for guys. Uh, but you're looking at you know, Bryson making a ton of birdies, Rory making a ton of birdies, um, even Tony Finau making a ton of birdies. We're going to talk about all of those guys in depth, but you can come through here, play on all the stats, see what see what's most important to you, and find golfers that fit that mold. 
Let's go over to the cheat sheet here. We'll start in the 10K range. Um, a couple of things to note. So, so the wave, the tee times will be will be uh, put in as that information comes out. Projected ownership will come later in the week. So make sure you're subscribed to rickrungood.com. We'll talk about it on uh, the live chat on Wednesday as well. But an easy way just to see who's playing well, who's not, what their course history is here. Um, and we've got five golfers over 10,000. And I think we need to take a bit of time on almost each one of these guys. So I'll, I'll try to make this quick. I know I can be long winded here, but it's the masters. If you're ever going to hang around now's probably the time to do it. Bryson DeChambeau has been hibernating for the last four weeks. We haven't seen him play since the Shriners. He's been tinkering with a 48 inch driver, all that good stuff. Uh, Bryson is going to try to do something we've never seen at Augusta National, right? He's going to try to take incredible lines. He's going to try to hit it over everything. He's going to be what we think is super aggressive. My colleague over at CBSSports.com, Kyle Porter, has done a great – he has a great article on basically – what club is Bryson going to hit off the tee? What is that going to leave him in? You know, using the Google Maps and the measuring tool and all that stuff. He did a really phenomenal job. And uh, he actually does note that there's a couple of holes. Uh, for example, um, you know, if he can if he can hit a draw around number two and get it down the hill, um, that could be a, a really long drive. He could have a very short iron into, into number two, which is a par five. Um, number 15, actually, he might want to lay back on top of the hill instead of hitting it all the way down the hill on that par five, having a flat approach. And, and then, you know, if he hits it all the way down there, he has to worry about the downhill lie ball kind of in an awkward position. So, uh, Kyle did a really great job at that. Go check it out. I'll try to link it in the description if I remember. Uh, but it's a really great look at what Bryson could do. Uh, the good news is, I, I think, I think this could work. I, I mean, there is there is no course that plays more similar every year than Augusta National. We've heard Jordan Spieth uh, reference. You know, the further you hit it, some of the landing landing areas that you get are, are even wider than normal. Um, the the concern about Bryson is, you know, the the putting on greens that he's not as familiar with. He doesn't have. Uh, I mean, I think he does have, I think he does have a greens book, but he's not going to be able to use it. He's going to have to memorize it. Um, and he's, and he's had struggle putting over his first couple of starts at this course. So all in all, um, I really think the range of outcomes for, for Bryson is huge. I think that he might, like he could very easily win this by six shots and he could, you know, some things could go wrong when he tries to cut the corner on 13 and he's staring a double or triple bogey in the face. So um, I, I think it's I think it's a wide range of outcomes, but I really do like his chances. I think he's in a great position. Um, Justin Thomas here. Justin Thomas. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if there's this is a spoiler alert, but, uh, you know, I do content for for Golf Digest. I do content for other sites. We have to go on the record and make like a pick to win. Um, and it's very difficult this week. I, you know, I, I love Bryson. I love Dustin Johnson. Uh, but I think, I, I think the answer is Justin Thomas and, and for a couple of reasons here, and especially from a DFS perspective, let's talk about it from that. Um, you know, you have Bryson who's 11,200, who is going to garner, uh, he, he's the highest price golfer. He's going to get a lot of oxygen. Uh, and then you have DJ who just, you know, the pricing came out before Houston, Right, so he's ten thousand dollars. Then he goes out. He plays great in Houston. Now he's the second favorite in terms of the betting odds, and he's the fifth uh, highest priced golfer. So there's going to be a lot of built-in value there. There's going to be a lot of DJ being played. That leaves JT Rahm and Rory kind of in this overlooked category. Now Justin Thomas, to me, is probably the best. Um, 
I hate to say under the radar, but like of these 10K guys. Because not only, like, you know, despite Rom being so great, Bryson being so great, Dustin Johnson being so great, JT's flying under the radar. He won the WGC FedEx St. Jude eight starts ago. That was eight starts ago. He finished second at the Zozo Championship. He finished eighth at the U.S. Open. He's playing great right now. He's improved his position every single year at the Masters. And let me show you this. This is the Holy Grail. This is on rickrungood.com. This is my favorite tool in the whole world, which, by the way, there is not strokes gain data. There is no official data from the Masters. So if you try to look up strokes gain approach at Augusta National, it's not going to be here. I know some guys have tried to piece it together with shot text and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's not in this Holy Grail, but there's a lot of other stuff that you can look at here. So I like to do this. I like to look since the restart. That is a, now a stretch of like 18 or 20 tournaments. Um played consecutively, right? There was no 91-day break there. And I like to look at that time frame and who's in this field. And you'll notice it is Justin Thomas who not only leads this field in strokes gained approach, nearly a shot per round on the rest of the field, but he also leads this field. Come on. It takes a while. There we go. In strokes gained around the green, uh, which is kind of surprising a bit. It is, it is an addition, right? I mean... His short game, his 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 deft, his touch around the greens is phenomenal. And if you were paying attention and in Houston, those closely mown areas, the shaved areas around the greens were giving guys fits, absolute fits. Same thing happens at Augusta National. You can get in some really awkward lies. So now you're giving me the guy who has the best around the green game and the best approach game, the guy who hits it far if driving distance is going to be a key stat, the guy who has improved every single year at Augusta National, the guy who actually wins on the PGA Tour and does it in smallish type fields like we're going to see this week. Perfect storm, Justin Thomas. You know, I, 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 I see the narrative for a lot of other guys, but to me... It's JT week. John Rahm, similar boat. Rahm's great. He's going to be overlooked. Rory McIlroy, I have discussed as uh, having a really high floor, right? You know, I, I went back and um, and I can do this right here. You know, if you pull since the restart, Rory McIlroy uh, and his approach game, it's it's been pedestrian. He has played 48 rounds. Uh, 48 measured rounds in the restart. He's basically field average on approach, which is the most important stat category. Now, the good news out of that is he's still posting pretty good finishes, right? Bunch of top 15s everywhere. Uh, he hasn't really been in contention, but he hasn't played himself out of it. I'd argue he's got one of the highest floors, but if you're trying to win... I mean, I guess if you're trying to win a million... I mean, if you win a million dollars, you need the guy who wins the golf tournament, right? So is Rory going to win the golf tournament? Maybe there's not been evidence of that in the restart, but his floor is very, very high. He's probably not going to be the one that burns you. And then DJ, we already talked about, not only um, do I love the fact that he was able to shake off the rust in Houston, uh, but how was he able to do it? Gaining 10 strokes from tee to green. Uh, he was phenomenal off the tee. He was a phenomenal on approach. He putted well. I mean, it was just an, 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 a very impressive effort from Dustin Johnson last week. Uh, I have now little to no concerns about him teeing it up this week at Augusta. The 9K range, uh, you know, Xander Shoffley, $9,800. He's going to be incredibly popular. Uh, one of the most popular golfers on the slate, I imagine. Not only is he coming in in great form, uh, he's been contending everywhere. He finished second here last year. He's 9800 bucks. I just think he's going to be incredibly popular. That's fine. You know, we'll, we'll see what the ownership number is on Wednesday. During the live chat, we'll, we can make a decision on him then. Um, I'll probably be slightly underweight. 
depending on how some of these builds go. Brooks Kepka. So we're getting the fever pitch, right? We're getting the fever pitch from Brooks Kepka, who, um, you know, makes his final start before the Masters at the Houston Open and he finishes fifth, which on paper looks awesome. Let's dive into that a little bit more because I want to pull up Brooks and his strokes gain database here. And we'll just sort this by date. And what you'll see is Brooks gained eight strokes in the short game. So that's putting plus around the green. He gained nearly six and a half putting last week in in Houston. Nearly another two around the green. He chipped in on the 72nd hole. Um, That is probably unsustainable. Like you can see that week last week was his third best short game week ever. Ever. Okay. Um, That would be concerning. So I, I don't think that he's able to, 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 to kind of replicate that again, he's going to need to figure out, uh, the irons that have kind of come and gone over the restart, the driver that has kind of come and gone over the restart. I know the narrative. I know he gears up for major championships, but, uh, you know, especially the number, the drift on, you know, he is, he's now down to like 16 to one to win this golf tournament, which I guess comparatively, uh, his, his salary is better, but I think he's also like, it's just going to be fever pitch time. Um, something makes me a little bit worried about Brooksy this week. Here's Morikawa at 95, Hatton at 94, Webb at 93. Um, you, you know, guys I love, guys I'm not as excited about this week. I think the perception of Morikawa, and I think I've talked about this already this week, the perception about Morikawa is he's a super safe player, right? We know we know about the cut streak uh, to start his career and, and how he was just constantly finding the weekends. And, and that's true, but he's opened up the range of outcomes recently, right? I mean, he's missed three of his last seven cuts. Think about that. Now, he's also peppered in victories. So I think that's good. I think it is good that Morikawa is willing to take on a few more miscuts for a few more uh, wins. Like that would be a very good trade-off to make. So I actually like that he's getting a bit more volatile. Of course, the first timer thing at Augusta National, you know, Fuzzy Zeller, the last uh, debutante to win the 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 green jacket, but that doesn't mean that these young guys can't have a lot of success. So I'll, I'll be interested to see Morikawa. I'm 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 lukewarm on him, not hot. Hatton is interesting in wet conditions. If it gets really tough, he tends to play well in tough conditions. Unfortunately, Webb, as much as I would have loved to have played Webb this week, if it was dry, if it was, you know, the ball was going to roll a little bit firm and fast, I'd be a lot more interested in Webb. Um, I I just, I think it's going to be a tough battle for him. You know, fairway through green, he's one of the best players on the tour, if not the best player on the tour. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned and, and I don't even think I talked about these wet conditions, right? These wet conditions, guys that fly it further, right? The carry number, not necessarily total driving distance, the carry number Bryson leads the tour in carry distance. Um, also it, I, I really think it benefits Bryson, the, the wet stuff, right? If you remember back to rocket mortgage, when he was just learning this new body, this new skill set, he leaves himself with so many three quarter wedges. Just these flip wedge shots. And those are hard to get a lot of spin on. The full swing wedges, you can get a lot more spin on the ball. And on firm, fast greens, you kind of need that spin to be able to control it. Um, If it's wet, if the greens are receptive, Bryson can just hit those little three-quarter knockdowns, fly it uh, all the way to the hole, have it sit. I mean, I'm just worried that he kind of dismantles this. The bottom of the 9K range, Tiger Woods. Um, I tweeted this out. I can try to pull this up, but... Uh, the ti- the version of Tiger Woods that we have in 2020 
is much different than the version of, of Tiger Woods that we had leading into the 2019 Masters. Yeah, so here's the tweet. Uh, in his eight measured events leading into uh, the 2019 Masters, Tiger was gaining strokes in all four major categories. Uh, he was playing well. He was just playing well in every facet. In his last eight ma- measured events leading into this Masters, uh, he's losing strokes in three of the four major categories. Um, he's worse in every single category. He's basically two shots worse per round. There has been zero evidence this year in the calendar year that Tiger Woods uh, will be able to put it together for four rounds anywhere. Uh, let alone at Augusta National. So I I will be avoiding this. I hope that I'm wrong. If he wants to put on his sixth green jacket on on Sunday evening, uh, no one will be as happy as I will be, but I will not be benefiting financially from it. Uh, Bubba Watson at 9,000. There's another guy that's probably going to be popular, and I think it's warranted. You know, we'll pull up Bubba's strokes gained uh, database here for a second, and you're going to see he is absolutely on a great stretch of golf, hitting the ball, hitting the ball right? Tee to green, ball striking, off the tee approach, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the putter, always terrifying. Uh, he's a very poor putter. He is a very defensive putter. My colleague at CBS Sports, Mark Immelman, knows Augusta National very well. Um, he actually kind of likens that a defensive putter can play well here, right? Someone who just drips the ball into the cup, not Ricky Fowler, who rams it two and a half feet by, and he's and he's cool with the comebacker. Like, Bubba wants to just drip it over the edge, that plays well here. Bubba's $9,000 I think will be popular, uh, but this is certainly a Bubba track. The 8K range, man, this is, uh, this is, this is packed with everybody. Um, you know, Tony Finau, 8,800, probably going to be one of the most popular players on the slate. Kind of faltered a bit uh, over the weekend at Houston, but, uh, you know, sets up so well here. He's only played Augusta National twice. He's finished in the top 10 both times. Hideki Matsuyama finishes uh, T2 last week. Let's look up Hideki because I want to see how he putted it last week. I mean, I can kind of guess how he putted it. Let's see. Yeah, man, it's it's tough when Hideki gains four and a half strokes putting and doesn't even win the golf tournament, right? That's the that's the event we were waiting on. Is that his best putting performance ever? One of them, right? He's had a couple. He's had a couple others, he, and and he won none of those. Uh, this this quote unquote win at the Players Championship. That's just in my database. That's that's one round. Remember that. You know, he shot a sixty three in the opening round of the Players before they canceled the rest of that event. So wow, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty historic putting performance from Hideki. Does he have another one in him? Probably not, but he's going to ball strike himself uh, likely into contention. So a couple of names that that I think a lot of people aren't considering as much. Matthew Wolf. You know, we'll pull up Matthew Wolf. Wolf, uh, I don't think it's much of a, a, a surprise that he has played well basically where, where Bryson has played well this year. I don't think that that's a, a coincidence. Now, you look at the two invitational events, his last two starts, the CJ Cup, the Zozo Championship, he was absolutely dismal off the tee. Some of his worst performances ever. Actually, I think the two worst performances ever. Yes, they were. Uh, with the driver, which is shocking. Um, because that's his weapon, right? That's what he wants to go to. So now with a couple of weeks off, you got to assume he's he's able to work out the the, the issues with that. He's young. He's going to be volatile. Uh, he has the game that I think could really set up well for Augusta National. Obviously, it's, he's a, another debutante, but um, he's someone that I'd be pretty interested in, in at 8,500. And in the bottom of the 8K range, you know, even after like Jason Day, who... Is actually playing, and I mentioned this last week, and he finished he finished seventh. Um, even though he again fell apart, not fell apart, but didn't play well on Sunday. But he finished seventh, and and the conversation last week was that 
His results look worse on paper than they actually are. He had the WD from the CJ Cup where he was in the top 10 on Sunday and he got hurt. Like, yes, there is there is that risk that he just straight up like doesn't finish the event. Um, but if you want to talk about course history, and we can open up the full course history here. There's like few guys better than Jason Day, right? I mean, he's he's missed one cut in nine years. He has four top 10 finishes. He finished fifth last year. I, I'm I'm okay kind of taking on that risk. I'll, I'd like to see what his ownership number is come Wednesday. And then the bottom of the 8K range doesn't do much for me. You know, you got a couple of, of past champions in here. You've got Jordan Spieth. You've got Sergio Garcia. Um, then you've got Ricky Fowler. You know, uh, I, 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 Ricky gave us 20 minutes of his time on the CBS Sports Pod. And he, he talked about the knowledge that goes into the week. And he mentioned where he's at in his swing changes. And it, I, I don't know. I, I thought he... I thought he answered it very well. I didn't get garner a lot of confidence from his response uh, on where he's at in the state of his game right now. He has a, a beautiful putting stroke. If anybody can catch fire for the week, it might be him, but I, I don't think I'll be an investor in that situation. 7K range. Uh, this is where it becomes a bit more interesting, right? Scotty Scheffler is 7,800. Scotty Scheffler, so and we talked about him last week in Houston. I thought he was trending in the right direction, right? He was he was on fire. He was one of the hottest players on the PGA Tour. He tests positive for COVID. He has to sit out a couple of weeks. Took him a bit to work back into that. We saw him play well at Zozo, and I was like, all right, here we go. We're gonna get we're gonna get Scotty Scheffler back. Uh, he finished thirty second in Houston, and it was really only only half of his rounds, Friday and Saturday. Uh, he played poor. I think he was over par both days. Maybe he was, he was even par one day and over par the other one, but he shot like, I don't know, 68, 67. Let me get the real numbers on this. He shoots 67 on Thursday, 65 on Sunday. So he bookends the week, uh, with two really good rounds. I'm willing to kind of cut him some slack for that 32nd place finish. I'd be very interested to see what this number is going to be, his his ownership number. But $7,800 for a dude who makes birdies, a dude who makes eagles, a dude who can catch fire, fantasy scoring, like all that stuff is Scotty Scheffler's. That's his, that's his jam. Like I... I like that a lot. So we'll see what his number is. We'll see what the ownership number is on Wednesday. Uh, but I do really like that. Then I go down into the seven into the seven K range. Let's look up Cam Smith, seventy three hundred dollars. Cam Smith, not really my type of guy, but got to look at these guys sometimes. So let's look at Cam Smith because he's on a great stretch of golf. Um, not only so I don't I don't like the way he does it. Right, he 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 relies on the putter a lot. He relies on the short game a lot, but it gets it done. Uh, top 20s at the Northern Trust and the BMW Championship, uh, a top 25 at the Shriners, and then the last two events that he's played, those two back-to-back invitationals at the CJ Cup and the Zozo Championship, 11th and 4th there. Uh, he had a 5th place finish at the U.S. Open two years, or I'm sorry, at the Masters two years ago, excuse me. He's never missed a cut here in three trips, and if it is going to be wet, do you remember back to Sony in January where it was not Honolulu. It was not Hawaii type conditions. It was wet. It was rainy there uh, basically all week, right? Especially on Sunday. Cam Smith prevails and is your champion. So I think there's a lot of really good things uh, that come together for Cam Smith at 7,300. Guys, I wouldn't play in this range. I'm not really interested in Gary Woodland. He's hurt. He's playing through it. It's not great. Uh, Lee West, or I'm sorry, uh, Kuchar used to be a free space in major championships. I don't think we're there anymore. Lee Westwood, if you want to forgive and forget the miscut in Houston, I mean, we can pull up Lee Westwood's course history 
in Augusta history. He's right here. 7,200 bucks. He hasn't played here since, oh, uh, since 17, since 2017. He has one, two, three, four, five top 10 finishes in his last eight starts and seven top 20s in that span. He just finds a way. And outside of that start at Houston last week, uh, he's been phenomenal all over the world, posting top 30s basically every time he plays. I, I, I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to to move on. I'm willing to forgive on that as well. Um, Jason Kokrak. We haven't seen Kokrak play uh, since Zozo. So he goes, win at the CJ Cup, backs it up with a 17th place finish at the Zozo Championship. He's piling up top 20s all over the place. He's long. People don't realize this. He was like, I think, 7th in driving distance last season. Um, he's a very long hitter, which helps him if this becomes wet. Again, debutante but we're down in the 7k range you have to make exceptions at some point sub 6k range or sub 7k range excuse me i think i said that last week sub 7k range um it's pretty ugly right i mean you have your past champions down here you got an amateur or two um i think zach johnson will be popular right he won it in 07 historically and famously by laying up on every par five, right? We know that story. You've heard it a million times. You're going to hear it 500 times this week. Uh, I mean, he's playing probably as good as he has since then. I, maybe that's a stretch, right? Maybe that's in the last 13 years. He's probably played better. Uh, but Zach Johnson playing very well at the moment. You know, he had a top 10 at the U S open. The game's looking sharp. I think Siwoo Kim is interesting. And that's not something that I normally say, but uh, he is, Kind of a similar combination of, wow, I don't want to compare him to Justin Thomas in any way. I really don't. But like his irons can get hot, and he has a really good short game. I don't know if you guys saw this or if I still have it up here. I can go back. Um, To the Holy Grail. So since the restart, let's do this. Around the green, um, the guys with any any level of sample size, JT number one I mentioned, Hideki number two, Siwoo Kim number three. And since the restart... Uh, he's been great off the tee. He's been great on approach. I mean, he basically is a lesser version of, of Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas 1.0 JT's now at like 4.0, right? Like he's that version. Uh, but there are a lot of similarities in the game between these two since the restart. So I think he's pretty interesting at 6,800. And then, um, you know, the only other guys that I would play down here are Munoz, Sebastian Munoz. He's $6,700. He's been flying under the radar. He's having a great stretch of golf since the playoffs, and he has played. He's one of the few guys that we've gotten an anecdote out of that's like, oh, yeah, I've played Augusta National in November. Like, what? What? <laughs> like, cool. Um, so we'll see if, if he can if he can uh, bank on any of that little, little knowledge. Uh, Corey Connors uh, looked like he was rounding into form a bit, and then Lonto Griffin, 6,600. You know, th- those are probably – the last guys that I would play. Uh, not particularly interested in playing Max Homa or Nick Taylor or JT Poston or, or you know I just I just probably won't get there. And I'm not sure you have to. The pricing is is soft enough this week where you're going to be able to make some really good lineups and not have to go super super low on this board. So that's probably where I'll stop uh, my lineups. Uh, let's build a custom model real quick. All right, so we've digested everything. Um, what do we think we need this week? So uh, distance, to me, is important. So I'm going to say 30. Uh, not only does the model, the, the regression model, bear that out, 
but it makes sense. And we have such good history at uh, Augusta National that I think you have to take it into account, uh, especially because I think it's going to be wet this week as well. Uh, then I'm going to go with, um, I want a little bit on around the green because I know these could be devilish little, uh, you know, greenside areas. I want a, a significant bit. I'll go 25 on approach. So I've got 30 on distance. I have 25 on approach. I have 15 around the green. That leaves me with 30 remaining. Um, I do think you need to be a good putter, so I'll add 15 to putting. And that leaves me with 15 more, which I will put on birdie or better percentage, which was the second most important stat. Uh, And then I will run this model. Yeah, no surprise here at the top. Okay, so Bryson DeChambeau, pretty significantly my number one golfer. Uh, Xander Shoffley's number two. He's 9,800. That's pretty good. Finau is my number three. JT is four. This is what sucks for Joaquin Neiman, man. I mean, it just sucks that you're not, not going to be able to play the Masters. Um, he's my fifth-ranked golfer. Might have been a place he set up well for. Uh, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to tee it up. So um, we'll have to wait and see him play play another one. Uh, Matthew Wolf then becomes my fifth-ranked golfer. Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka, Jason Kokrak. So, I mean, these are all guys I would be very interested in playing. Uh, I'm not surprised to see Bryson there. Now, now, this obviously doesn't take into account potential ownership, right? So we've got to make those decisions and the lineup building decisions uh, later. But this is this is a pretty stout group. These are guys that I would that I would like to play, uh, and then the model bears them out as well. So it's going to be awesome, guys. That's it. The Masters is here. There's so much stuff coming. Uh, more content coming. Live chat Wednesday, 3 p.m. You'll see me on Golf Digest this week. You'll see me on CBS Sports HQ this week. Uh, There's so much stuff coming. I hope you enjoy. Take it in. We deserve this one. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.